plan to have a stroke from the amount of MSG that's in this food. This is our first meal in this house, so why don't we all do our little private parts to make it a pleasant one? Don't bait your mother, Pumpkin. As soon as we get settled, we'll build you a dark room in the basement, okay? My whole life is a dark room. One big dark room. Again, this is Mike Haber. And I'm Mike Mezgleski, and welcome to the 21st installment of the Jim Church School of Digital Underwater Photography podcasts. You know, the day we purchase a new digital camera is usually a pretty exciting one. Let's face it, we've probably spent a fair amount of time researching different cameras. We compare features, benefits, and costs against many different models before finally plunking down our hard-earned cash. Eventually, we take our new baby home, open up the box, and make sure everything is in order. The new battery usually requires a charge, so we plug it into the charger and anxiously wait to take our first shots. While we wait for the battery to charge, what better time than to browse the user's manual to make sure we don't do anything to screw this puppy up? While going through the manual, we come across a section titled Specifications. Now mostly this is filled with information that we're already aware of from our recent purchasing research. There's one specification that we usually ignore, but today we'd like you to give it some thought. Depending upon the manufacturer, this spec is called something like viewfinder frame coverage or simply viewfinder coverage. Somewhere towards the end of your digital camera's user manual is a section of technical specifications. Now, if you look closely enough among those specs, you'll find a listing for a viewfinder coverage. It'll be a number followed by a percentage sign. For example, Nikon's D70, D80, and D200 cameras all claim a viewfinder frame coverage of approximately 95%, both vertically and horizontally. Now, it's the same for Canon's 20D and 30D cameras. Canon's 5D camera boasts a whopping 96% coverage. Well, like most of you, we've always taken this number at face value and assumed that it meant the viewfinder showed 95% of the eventual picture area. Simply put, when we compose an image in a viewfinder, we always knew that the actual image area was going to be a smidgen larger. No big deal. Now the reason why we're dedicating a podcast to this seemingly unimportant figure is because like many things in life, it's not always as it appears. I shoot a Canon 20D, both topside and underwater. And as much as possible, I like to fill the frame with my subjects. I prefer to frame my images in such a way that I don't have to do much cropping later on. Over time, I notice that no matter how I frame the subject, there was always a bit more space around them than I'd anticipated. In fact, 
I noticed that the extra space seemed to be more prevalent at the top of the image than the bottom when the camera was held in a horizontal position. When the camera was turned to vertical, the extra space occurred on the right or left side depending upon which way I turned the camera. Finally, I decided to test my viewfinder to see how much extra space I was getting and whether Canon's stated 95% was accurate. This was a very simple test to perform, and you can see the photos of the setup as well as some results on the Podcast 21 page of our website, www.jimchurchphoto.com. Just go to the home page and click on the Podcast tab at the top of the page. Then go to the August Podcast page to get you there. All I needed was my camera, a tripod, a wall, and some duct tape. First, I secured my camera to a tripod and pointed it to a vertical space. In this case, an outside wall. By looking through the viewfinder, I positioned four strips of duct tape against the wall in a rectangle. With each strip, I made sure that the inside edge of the tape was barely visible in the viewfinder. The finished rectangle conformed to the exact shape of the viewfinder with none of the tape seen. I placed a small duct tape cross in the center of the frame to give my camera's autofocus something to focus on. Then I took some photos. In the examples on the web page, you can see that while no duct tape was visible in the viewfinder while composing the image, a good amount was visible on the final image itself. And to no surprise, there was more extra image area at the top of the frame than there was on the bottom, only now I could quantify the amount. I found that the right and left side of the viewfinder showed 3.4% less than the final image. The bottom of the viewfinder showed 3.2% less than the final image. But the top of the viewfinder showed 4.7% less than the final image. When I compared the total viewfinder area to the total image area, I calculated that the viewfinder represented only 86% of the final image area. And as you can see in the examples, it's skewed towards the bottom. So, what does this all mean? Well, since Mike performed the test, it means that he now knows that when he composes an image with his camera, he needs to slide the composition slightly towards the top of the viewfinder in order to keep the entire composition balanced. Is it a big deal? Well, it would be a big deal if the viewfinder showed more than the final image. Since the opposite is true, and there's more final image area than the viewfinder shows, it's not really that critical. However, if the amount of viewfinder coverage is not symmetrical, as in the case with Mike's camera, it's going to have a big effect on your ability to properly compose the image when filling the frame. Now that Mike knows exactly what his viewfinder is doing, he can adjust his framing accordingly. And that becomes even more necessary underwater because of one additional factor. As dive photographers, we do another thing to complicate this viewfinder issue. We place a camera housing and a diving mask between our camera's viewfinder and our eye. Consequently, our eye is often so far from the camera's viewfinder that we're lucky if we can even see as much as 60% of the image area at any given time. Now there's ways to improve this situation. The best and most costly solution would be a larger magnifying viewfinder built into the housing. Some housing manufacturers offer supplementary viewfinder optics for their housings that provide this larger image area at mask distance. Unfortunately, 
This option is not available for every camera housing. And, as we mentioned, it's also an expensive option, although arguably it's well worth it. A less expensive method would be to reduce the distance between your eye and your housing's viewfinder by reducing the distance between your eye and your mask's faceplate. Translation? By a low volume mask. Since the proper fit of any mask depends on the particular shape of an individual's face and head, we can hardly suggest a single mask that works for everyone. But most mask manufacturers make at least one low volume model that will bring your eye closer to your viewfinder. We recommend that you give several a try. You're bound to find an acceptable choice. And while you're at it, select a mask that has a black skirt rather than a clear one. The black skirt will eliminate much of the stray side light and make it easier to see the details in your camera's viewfinder. If you find that your composition is consistently off in one direction or another, try the viewfinder test to see if your viewfinder is adequately representing your final image. On the other hand, if you're having framing issues because you can't see enough of your viewfinder at any given time, then try a low volume mask. What the heck? Try them both. Couldn't hurt. As we say each and every podcast, we enjoy hearing from you, so please continue to send us your ideas for future podcasts. You can do this by emailing us at podcast at jimchurchphoto.com. Remember that you can get the archive of all of our previous podcasts on our website by clicking on the podcast button at the top of the homepage, www.jimchurchphoto.com. Until next time, this is Mike Haber and Mike Mezgleski, and we'll be seeing you on the next podcast. My wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, 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 sure. go ahead, shoot. Well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified?